0: to toxic sips podcast i am jess and i'm Sessie. this is toxin sips spooky sister
1: yep and in the last two weeks episode we did give you guys some trivia questions and it's time for you to know if you got it right or wrong so we hope you guys participated the first one first question which horror films tagline is we dare you to say his name five times
0: and the answer was candy yep
1: and for episode two it's what classic horror movie features a serial killer in a william shatner mask it was halloween
0: <laughs> this week in our spooky adventure we are covering true crime stories and halloween across the world let's dive in the cauldron of bones <laughs> well i think i am up Am yes. I up? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah, I'm up. Mm-hmm. Right, let me put the little hat on my thingy. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, look at her cubs. Anyway. <laughs> Imagine having the last name Crafts. Surely you are destined for great creative things, you know? Being great with your hands, making cool art, yeah. um, articulately disposing of bodies. This is fun because it ties in a little bit with my pick. <laughs> Articulately. <laughs> in September 1986, Heli Kravs had had it enough. She was done with her good for nothing man. I've been there, sister. Right, Cecilia? Just kidding. We love you, Matt. Pre Matt.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: However, she was tired of her man's lies, affairs, and general lack of effort towards their children and marriage. In the time frame, she had already met with a divorce attorney and hired a private investigator who confirmed that her man, Richard Kraft, was unfaithful. (laughs) So clearly, she had to take out her man. (laughs) Well... Just kidding. The story is just getting started. As a flight attendant for Pan Am on November 18th, Heli was sitting in a long flight from Frankfurt, Germany to her home in a new town, Connecticut. She couldn't help but feel that awful feeling that we get when we start feeling anxiety. And you're like, yeah, (sighs) the weight of her impending divorce weighed heavily in her mind. So, how did this
1: lovely couple meet? You may ask. They were just walking by each other. Just walking like, You're by. The
0: one. She dropped the books on the floor and uh, <laughs> they touched hands yeah. when picking them up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bumped
0: heads on the way. Well, she met Richard in 1979 when she was training to be a flight attendant while he was training to be a pilot. They were good looking, jet setting, lived in a luxurious home on a two-acre lot in Connecticut, and had three children. Also, side tangent, I hate when reading historical retells or watching true crime shows and they were like, they had three beautiful
1: children.
0: Um, That's subjective, bro. What if they were ugly? Oh, but- I'm just saying.
1: Everybody calls kids cute, <laughs> even if they're not.
0: Oh my gosh. The worst is when there's
1: newborn babies and they look like Oh Martians. yeah. And- I always tell people, I'm like, how do you say they look cute? They look like aliens. They look like aliens. <laughs> even like my own families, I'm like, they look. Like an alien, <laughs> but they swear up and down, yeah, that like, it's an angel. Like, oh, it looks like just like uh, his mom's. Like, 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 how <laughs> it looks like a prune, my guy.
0: <laughs> but anyway, back to the show. Richard Kraft made good money, but he was what we call in Spanish. <laughs> A kodo with his money. Therefore, Heli had to keep working. She had to pay for family vacations and things for the kids. She had a kiss. I was going to say she had a kiss. kiss. (laughs) No. She had a killer personality, though. She spoke four languages and had a really warm personality. I realize I said that twice in a different way. (laughs) Richard's cheapness. There was something in my mouth. <laughs> Richard's cheapness paled in comparison to his other faults. Either in their earlier marriage. Oh, not either. Earlier in
1: their
0: marriage. <laughs> <laughs> earlier in their marriage, Richard battled cancer and Helly was there for him she had her partner's back richard was a serial cheater and would disappear for weeks at a time to be with his girlfriends mm-hmm. <laughs> richard also had a gnarly temper and became physically abusive Sounds like a winner. (laughs) But hey, Sessie, maybe I don't want a pilot after all.
1: Sorry, John Travolta. Sorry, John (laughs) Travolta.
0: Well, Heli started to fear Richard and told friends that if she ever disappeared, don't think it was
1: an accident. That's when it starts getting very like, if because I don't know, I can't imagine any of my friends coming up to me and saying that. But like, what would I do? Like, Like, obviously, I'd get him out of the house, but... He would know. I don't know. Like, it's weird. Am I going to
0: get punched for this?
1: YOLO. Yes. For friendship. It's like if I came to you and I was like, "Hey, Matt, something is uh, up with it. He knows where you live. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But he knows my mother. Yeah. He knows everything. It's a tough tough spot. Mm-hmm.
0: But then, I don't know. We have cop friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's restraining orders. But that stuff sometimes doesn't even do it. No. Anything. Because
1: the cops aren't there with you making sure they're like whatever feet away (laughs) right we get the baller baller status money for that yeah so thankfully matt's not (laughs) thank goodness
0: (laughs) people believe that heli broke the news to richard that she was leaving him on the night of november 18 after returning from germany so who do you think passed away here let's see
1: I'm just going to put some pieces together. So just based off of what you said, she was leaving him after returning from Germany. So let's add some drama that probably wasn't happening. Mm. What if she found someone over there? And because was he's like, a serial cheater? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I could leave him right now with the kids. Take him out of here. And he's like, Mm-mm, I don't want anyone doing what I do to them. Mm. And the husband always does it, so... The husband
0: always does it. <laughs> Why? Why, husbands? Why do you always do just it? Just get a divorce. Just get, like CC says, just get a divorce. <laughs> no one's going to care. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, super, super side tangent. I was watching Schitt's Creek the other day, and he's like freaking out because he has to take the DMV-driven test. And the girl, his sister's like, dude, you're going to find out in life. Because he's like, I don't care how nonchalant you are about everything. You literally are weirdly never anxious. And she goes, you're going to realize that people just don't care. Yeah, Like you're worried about nothing and people don't give a fuck. And sure enough, he takes a test. And the guy he's driving with who's taking his test for him or like next to him, he's on his phone Yeah, and, uh, yeah the whole time. He's like, oh, yeah, man, you're good. Just turn left here. And he's like, you really don't care. He's like, no, I'm trying to be a DJ. <laughs> So people don't
1: care. Yeah, they really
0: don't. <laughs> so get a divorce. <laughs> anyway, so what happened next, what happened was the next morning, Richard. Oh, dang it. I gave it away. On November 18th, 1986, Heli vanished.
1: Mm, you almost got us with the beginning.
0: Though. I know. I, was, <laughs> I tried really hard. I was like, got to write this in a way where it can confuse you
1: guys.
0: Um, her body was never found. So what happened? Uh, The next morning, Richard woke up at the crack of dawn and drove the kids to his sister's house because a perfect storm happened the night before. Connecticut was hit with a massive storm that buried the town in snow. The power went out. The kids were like, Dad, where's Mom? And Richard just told them, she'll meet you guys later. But obviously, she never showed up. And I like how the kids are like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, Then.
1: When, <laughs> okay,
0: when she didn't show up for work, her coworkers immediately suspicious. She, you know, they were like, "She's a responsible mom. This isn't in her character to be a no call, no show." I feel they, like no call, no shows. It just means someone. 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 <laughs> at some point, someone was like, "I feel bad." Don't get me wrong, there are people who don't care.
1: Oh yeah, but if they're like known for being like super responsible, and once you, you get that no call, no show, something's up.
0: Oh my god, yesterday, totally random. My brother never left his room and it was like 4 p.m. And I was like, I should probably check on him. But then my mom calls me and she's like, Hey, do you want something from McDonald's? And I'm like, No, I'm good. I'm like, ah, he's he's fine. She's getting him a frap. Oh, okay. He called her already. <laughs> I didn't bother. And sure enough, he comes out. I was charging my phone all morning. <laughs> so you never left your room? <laughs>
1: whatever guys. I've, had, I've had days like that though. We're not like, not here because I need to get out <laughs> but like when I was with my parents or even when I was with my grandparents I would just spend like Dave a day in your room. yeah sometimes day she, she came out of her cave I'm like I have cereal in my room it's fine I'm Fine. I'm, I'm alive Just water um <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah so they were like what's up that's not like her yeah you know uh they kept in mind I think what she said about Richard
1: Oh yeah, I mean yeah. it's very red
0: flag. Mm-hmm. Uh people began asking questions, obviously. Richard's answers were always super invasive, not invasive, but evasive. <laughs> First he said, I don't know where she is. And then she he was like, Helly's visiting her sick mother in Denmark. And then he followed it with Helly's going on vacation to the Canary Islands with a friend. Which one is
1: it, Richard? Which one is it? You said this was in the 90s or 80s? This was the 90s. 90s? Yeah. Okay. Because this sounds very familiar. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. It was in 86. Okay. So do you know, I think her name's Casey Anthony. I've heard. Sorry, not Casey Anthony. But she's bad too. That's her kid. <laughs> um, Chris. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. But he basically did this too but also the kids so it's like the more recent version of this and it takes it a step farther oh i have heard of this chris i want to say chris wallace but i don't think that's his name no
0: but i i know what you're talking about
1: there was like a whole documentary on netflix something mm-hmm. like the neighbor next door or something like that yeah like it's crazy and you're like bro <laughs> just like who can counseling? i trust <laughs> yeah. I can't trust no one.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, which one is it, Richard? Which one is it? (laughs) Um, This is why you need friends that will be those uncomfortable, honest, transparent friends, you know, the ones that... You're like, I just want to vent. But they're like, but I got to fix your problem, bro. Um, shoot. If I was in friend, I would have been like, you better call me as soon as you break the news to him. Better yet, I'll park outside your house if I have to. And, you know, if you need to leave him mm-hmm. if he's after, you know, acting out of pocket, if you right. will,
1: then we, we got to dip with them kids. It's so. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like a lot of people would act that way. But also, I, I don't know if you know this, but from what it seems like, I don't think she told anyone. Besides, like, giving, like, what he does, that's wrong. But mm-hmm. I don't think she told anyone that she was planning on... Leaving him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the only one who
0: really knew was um the private investigator. Oh, okay. I mm-hmm. think he was the only one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that she... Because nowhere in the reading did I find, like, she had a friend, like, ready to go. That's why everyone was like, it's him. Because...
1: Yeah. It was she, just, like... Well, what she was saying. Yeah. but
0: she wasn't, like... <laughs> saying saying if that makes
1: sense yeah just like hinting towards it but mm-hmm. not like straight up yeah I'm leaving okay yeah because the it kids tough. a
0: lot of like the kids you don't ever hear anything about them either they're just like oh I guess mom's dead yeah because <laughs> they kids what are they gonna do like, <laughs> accuse their dad
1: right like, uh... <laughs>
0: yeah so like in that movie enough with j-lo you need a waitress friend who's going to be there for you in the good times but also the vulnerable times um her friends frustrated hired a private investigator seriously a job for everybody yeah it's the
1: ultimate cheese muscle
0: (laughs) the ultimate cheese muscle ironically using the same investigator heli had used originally on her husband Mm. Mm. the investigator found out from the housekeeper that a few days after heli's disappearance richard had removed a rug from the master bedroom the rug just happened to have a dark stained patch the size of a grapefruit on it. Mm, Coincidence? (laughs) The investigator felt it fishy. He pestered local police and finally, like two weeks later, the case was turned over to the state police. She was finally declared a missing person. Richard claimed he had not left the house on November 19, but the lie detector on the credit card bill showed that was a lie because he had purchased new Bedding. He had bought a chest freezer and rented a wood chipper in the days before Helly's disappearance
1: um that's um
0: this doesn't sound like a, a crime of passion no mm-hmm.
1: this sounds what is it premeditated premeditated a very angry person mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> forensics immediately found clues in the craft's home that pointed to foul play but also if that blood smear on the side of the bed didn't give it away man i don't know what will <laughs> also that blood was consistent with heli's type of mm. blood It's all the evidence is pointing in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. What a coincidence (laughs) that a snowplow driver noticed a man with a wood chipper parked near lake though mind you this was 3 a.m and he was snow plowing the roads and he says that the truck driver you know saw a haul with a wood chipper hitched to the back and parked on the side of the road he saw a
1: man who was just like motioning him like keep going that's don't stop weird <laughs> at three in the morning i know like why would you <laughs> honestly if he didn't do that he probably wouldn't have even noticed him right right <laughs>
0: yeah so the driver thought a little bit he was like hmm I'm gonna do my job and he continued to plow the streets mind you two hours later he drove by again and now the wood chipper was gone and the man but the U-Haul was still there and it was five in the morning so suspicious suspicious Trigger warning, divers found a chainsaw and serrated cutting bar that had human hair and tissue embedded in the teeth. This led to a search for further evidence, which began on December 30th, 1986. When detectives searched along the shoreline, they found remnants of a woman's body, including tiny bone fragments, human tissue, over 2,000 blonde... Blonde, (laughs) bland, blonde human hairs, a dental crown and a fingernail with pink nail polish. From the microscopic evidence, doctors were able to prove that Richard Kraft had disposed of his wife's body. The most important part of the remnants was a tooth cap that matched Helly's dental records. Gold dental records. Detectives began to stitch together. Hold on. Tangent. So for all those beautiful dentists out there that are trying to commit suicide, we need you. What? Oh, (laughs) there was this poll that was done a long time ago Uh that like did like any like if you're an artist, if you're a contractor of some sort, if you're whatever. And it was like from one to ten, what industry had the highest suicide rates? And number one was dentists.
1: Oh. Because
0: People are never excited to see them. They always go in like, oh, like anxious, yeah. sad, angry, all the feelings. And so because of that, compared to like an orthodontist, an orthodontist, you're like, oh, okay, they're going to put rubber bands on me, whatever. Mm-hmm. But a dentist, you're, people always come in with fear. Like freaked
1: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I get that. So bad. that's like, imagine all day of that. <laughs> yeah. And
0: all you're doing is
1: helping create beautiful smiles. Yeah. And they're so like important too. like with a lot of these cases, like that's, pretty much the only thing that because you could burn people but the teeth take like hours and it has to be super high for it to burn so that's like your last thing that you have gunning for you
0: right because they're (laughs) your exposed bones Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so and i think on that list of the suicide thing the second was like artists
1: like singers that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it was such a weird list. I was like, yeah. dentist.
1: Yeah, dentist. I I understand that though. Like, not feeling like weird job is important, but it is. It's so, so important. important.
0: <laughs> we need you. These serial killers can't get away. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So detectives begins to sit together the events from that night. They believe Richard killed Helly in their bedroom. By striking her with a heavy object, he then put her body into a freezer. Once the body was completely frozen, he hacked her apart with a chainsaw, fed the pieces through a wood chipper, and dumped her remains in the lake.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, that's, that's an order of operations. operations. If, <laughs> if, if that ain't PEMDAS, I don't know what is. PEMDAS. <laughs> <laughs> to make things worse, Richard thought he was so smart because aside from being a pilot, he was an auxiliary cop. Newtown detectives knew Richard Crafts very well. He was an auxiliary cop for the police department since 1982, and he was a familiar figure around the police station. He had a reputation as a somewhat rigid patrolman who took his limited responsibilities very seriously. Uh, therefore, he thought he was all that in a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. He thought he got away with the perfect crime. He had told his brother offhandedly, let them dive. Oh, wait. What does he sound like? let them dive there's no body it's gone
1: pretty strange comment coming from a man who claims to know nothing not only that but it's your wife like why would you be like there's no body like you're so set on not write. nothing being there of her like, freak <laughs> uh
0: he actually even well you can't say he right somebody filed <laughs> off the serial numbers from the chainsaw he was covering all his bases yeah With the evidence mounting, it soon became clear to investigators that Heli would not be found. She was disposed of in Lake Zor, but her body could not be located, only remnants of her. Even without a body, authorities were able to theorize what had happened moments before she died. On January 11th, an arrest warrant was granted based on the evidence gathered thus far. Law enforcement ordered Richard out of the house, but he responded with, I'm tired. I'll take care of it in the morning. It took some time, but Richard finally relented, and he was taken into custody and held on a bail of $750,000.
1: And that's a lot. Three quarters of a million dollars. That's a lot. In 87, 88. So it's even more than that (laughs) That's
0: a lot. He thought he was a bad bitch, though. Let me tell you, girl, the evidence was mounting and it was becoming clearer and clearer that Richard had disposed of his wife. The prosecution moved forward, attempting to convict Richard without a body. And that was like unheard of at the time because you always need a body or a up until this point so the trial started may of 1988 and was moved to new london connecticut a number of witnesses were called to the stand and this also reminds me of the series finale of seinfeld when they got 10 years worth of people that they hurt along the way (laughs) because of their careless nature and they all got them locked up at the end um spoiler alert medical examiners also confirmed the teeth and tissue found at lake zora had come from heli so like it's her. She's just all over the place. There was a ton of evidence, but one juror was being super difficult. The trial ended with a hung jury, and the courts were forced to hold a second trial. All evidence was brought forth one more time in Norwalk, Connecticut. After both sides had finished their arguments, the jury took eight hours to find Richard guilty of murder. Murder. This was the first murder conviction in the state's history where a body was not present. Richard still continues to deny any involvement in the murder of his wife despite all of the evidence pointing in his direction. He's like, I don't do it. He was like in that song, Saw me how does it go? Saw me banging on the sofa. <laughs> it wasn't me. That was basically his motto. Okay, <laughs> <Hey>, Richard. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Um, Until recent, a murder conviction without a dead body was nearly impossible. But as this case proved, it's more difficult than ever to get away with murder. Finally, he was released in 2019 for completing his time at the age of 82. He only served 30 of the 50 years he was sentenced.
1: So I'm assuming because of good behavior and, and because not getting into trouble, labor, labor, mm-hmm. all that community service, community <laughs> service.
0: Yeah, apparently when he was arrested and convicted at that time, there was a different law put in place. Okay, where you they could honor it. It's like if you work and you do and you're just well behaved, you're good. Mm-hmm. We you, we can cut your time in half. Okay. Now the rules are different.
1: Yeah, sometimes they don't even give like. Uh, an option no like they're like even if you are you do end up being a good person you're not
0: getting out (laughs) Mm -mm. yeah so people were mad people were like what the heck but then they're like i mean what can we do he's done his time so um oh fun fact this inspired the making of the movie fargo This film won four Academy Awards and the Coens received Oscars for the Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm. So there you go. (laughs) Sad that an awesome movie had to be created through real inspiration, but uh, at least we got a movie.
1: And it's not the only one. (laughs) I thought it would be fitting to cover the infamous Edward Gein also known as Ed Gein or the, what is he, the Butcher of Plainfield. He, if you didn't know, he was the inspiration for a few horror movie icons. You know, Leatherface Mm -hmm. from Texas Chainsaw, Norman Bates, Bates Motel. You mean my brother and my mom? (laughs) And Buffalo Bill from (laughs) Silence of the Lambs. Another good one. So yeah, he was an inspiration for all of them, at least partially, not necessarily... For Buffalo Bill was kind of a mix of all of them, but the other two you can understand why when we get to it. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with his parents because his parents had a pretty like hard impact on him.
0: As we are discovering <laughs> everybody's parents. We're coming after everybody's yeah.
1: parents. <laughs> <laughs> no one's safe. No one is safe. <laughs> so his father, George, he was an orphan that came from like multiple unstable homes. It's just where he grew up. And he did grow up to be an alcoholic, which made it hard for him to keep a job. And when he did have a job, he would spend most of his income like on booze Mm. because that's like what he knew to be. It's his world. He's just an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) This is a man's world.
1: (laughs) Ed's mother, Augusta, she was raised in a very strict household and her parents had Really hardcore religious beliefs, which you'll definitely see she sticks to. Also,
0: they did not do her
1: any favors with that name. Augusta. It's Yikes. like Augustus Gloop from Charlie and Johnson.
0: That's factory. not
1: good, man. Even though I think this is... I'm pretty sure this is before Charlie <laughs> and the Factory. Um, they seem like an odd couple like to people, like even then, that were living with them or in the same town as them. They're like, yeah, it's a little weird, but they figured it's because she can... Take advantage of him. Like, she was very, she was the one wearing the pants for the most part. She was like verbally abusive to him. And there'd be times where he would just go out drinking. And then when he would come home, he would be physically abusive. So there was no winning there. No. And apparently, when he was beating her, she would get on her hands and knees, like on the floor, and she would pray to God, like, kill my husband right now while he's beating her
0: (laughs) I don't know if it works like that
1: (laughs) Uh, no that's not a healthy relationship (laughs) obviously they had tons of issues and they shouldn't have been together to begin with but like a lot of people back then they dealt with certain partners because they wanted to start a family and Mm. that's what she wanted to so this is this is also pre-boomers i believe so this yeah this she i don't know when she was born but ed he was born on august 27th 1906 so that's early 1900 Mm -hmm. (laughs) his classmates and teachers remember him as like a super shy kid and he like he was a little odd uh one of the things they brought up is that He would just be sitting there, like, still doing whatever, and he would just burst into laughter. And when they asked him, like, what's so funny, he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm thinking of some funny stuff. And, like, I don't know if I would see that as, like, weird. I think now it's so common. Yeah, because, like, people talk to themselves. Like, it's not as odd to look at it that way but back then they're like okay this kid's weird (laughs)
0: they're like oh he's he was probably more self like aware more self
1: sure than anybody there Uh, to an extent Uh (laughs) (laughs) he didn't have any friends due to his mother because when like he tried to make friends at school but once his mom found out about it she would throw a fit and be like no like again going back to her religious belief she thought everyone was evil (laughs)
0: Mm Ma'am, you are evil. Yes.
1: Ed had an older brother named Henry. He was born in 1901, I believe, so five years older than him. And their mother, she was the same way with both of them. And they would work on the 155-acre farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin. She would read the Bible to them and preach that the world is inherently evil, that all women except for her are prostitutes and that drinking and immorality were instruments of the devil. She clearly just (laughs)
0: doesn't know what having a good time is.
1: (laughs) So it is known that Ed and his mom were very close, which I think that's fine, but at some point there has to be some kind of boundary set up there. Like it's one thing to be a mama's boy, but if he said that his mother was his first love and his best friend, I've met people that are like, yeah, my parents are my best friends, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're saying they're your first love, like... But, like, he's just saying what all men are subconsciously thinking. Right. And not ballsy enough to say. No, and there's been a study that, like, men, when they're, like, hitting puberty, whether Mm -hmm. they think of it this way or not they're competing with their dad Mm -hmm. to get the mom's attention. Like it's an actual study. Like it's not, yeah, it's weird, but you shouldn't be thinking like, am I into my mom?
0: Right. (laughs) Your brain shouldn't go there. No.
1: And it's the same thing with girls. Like, Typically, if you had a good father figure, you look for that in a man or even if he's not a good father mm-hmm. figure, like you look for that in, in a, a man. man. Not everybody. Same thing with not every guy is like that with like this with his mom. <laughs> but, but I think so there's a
0: difference, right? Because you were saying that the, the young man competes with his father. Yeah. For the, you know. for the
1: attention and love of the but- mother.
0: But I also think it's not necessarily in like a sexual way, no, it's no. like in the hero way. like yeah. a man needs to feel like I am protecting mm-hmm. i am I am here to help you, no,
1: yeah. And like they compete for her attention really mm-hmm. that's all it is like it's not like you said it's not they're like oh let Ooh, me seduce my mom seduce <laughs> yeah. it's not like that it's, it's definitely very... a hero complex and that's why people like guys don't understand that that's what they're doing mm-hmm. sometimes and like people that have really dug into it and have like zeroed in on it they're like it's not weird like don't think you're being weird it's your mom like you're supposed to feel a certain way for her yeah and same thing with like girls and dads and then in other relationships like you know the phrase oh you married your mom or mm-hmm. you married your dad like that's very real <laughs> dude don't get me started i
0: there's <laughs> some friends that i have who have recently gotten married i don't talk to them they were they were part Distant of a different friends? part of my life ah. yeah mm-hmm. um back in my audio days and mm-hmm. like i see who they in like ultimately ended up marrying i'm like they look like your moms mm-hmm. both of them uh- <laughs> but the one of them was adopted oh That's
1: weird. (laughs) I know, so crazy. Well, going off of that, (laughs) his father George did eventually die of heart failure, which you know I would have thought it was liver failure, but I would have gone
0: with liver and kidneys (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So he
1: he died when Ed was in his mid thirties. So Ed's life from like childhood to adulthood it was pretty like. As normal as it was for him, like everybody knew he was kind of a little weird, but they didn't think much of him. But Henry was very concerned for Ed as he himself, again, this is his brother. He had found a woman that he's, like, set on. He's going to marry her. They're going to move out and start their own lives together. She already had kids, so you can already imagine how the mom felt about that (laughs) because she was also divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he did. He saw how unhealthy the relationship between their mom and Ed was, so he decided to confront Ed about it as a good brother. But Ed, he didn't like how he was talking about it. their mom because he's in love with their mom. Weirdo. Mm-hmm. In 1944, this is four years after their dad died, Ed and Henry were working on the farm where they were burning marsh away. Mm. But the fire got out of control and like they had to call the police and the fire department. They came out and they eventually put it out. But later that night, Ed went to the police to report that Henry was missing and he hadn't seen him since when the fire started. Mm -hmm. Coincidence? Coincidence. (laughs) So a search party, they went out there to the farm. They were looking for him. And they did find him. He was dead. He was face down in, like, the mud. The interesting thing, though, is that when they, like, uh, what's the autopsy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they did the autopsy, they're like, yeah, he's been dead for a while. (laughs) Like, probably longer than this fire thing going on. (laughs) Um, But they said that the cause of death was heart failure, like his dad. And later on, it was revealed that there were bruises on his head, which is a little iffy. Mm -hmm. The coroner did eventually mark asphyxiation. I pronounced it right this time. I was having a hard time yesterday. (laughs) As the cause of death, as if you didn't know, that's the lack of oxygen. Um, And they were trying to pin it on the fire because it's like, oh, all the smoke, like it, it went into his lungs and it's like, mm, was it that? <laughs> was it that? Mm-hmm. Like Thor? <laughs> Is it that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no proof of foul play, but... Like I said, there was bruises on his head. How did those get there? And many believe that this very well could have been Ed's first victim due to the way he talked about their mom.
0: Don't you ever tell me that my mom is not a precious sweet angel, <laughs> yeah. okay?
1: A year after this, because this is the 40s for them. Mm-hmm. It's tough. <laughs> so a year after this, Augusta had a stroke and was bedridden where Ed would take care of her basically 24-7 when he wasn't like doing outside jobs or taking care of the house. This didn't stop her from verbally abusing him, though. And she even told him that he wouldn't survive without her.
0: Not the other way around? Nope, not the other way. I when he was
1: literally taking care of her. This is
0: like the inception of gaslighting.
1: Oh, yeah. As a mom. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, she had another stroke, which she did pass away from. This was when Ed was in his late 30s and he lost both of his parents and his brother, all within a span of five to six years. <laughs> rough. it's very rough so now he's all alone since again he didn't bother to go out and make any relationships outside of his family because he had his mom mm-hmm. like he didn't need anyone else in the world besides his mom
0: wait didn't we talk about somebody oh we did like casually talk about somebody somebody's mom who had like lied to their kid about like, oh, you're allergic to candy. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Like, it was guess, I think like, it was the
1: last episode. I think we talked about it. In we the did talk about it. I wanna say. Oh, I thought Yeah, where we she say. lied about her being allergic to like all the bad stuff. Yeah, for kids and then to she eat. wasn't
0: allergic ever. Yeah, she,
1: the mom's just like, I just wanted you to be healthy. Cause I guess the mom's brother had like he was very overweight mm-hmm. and he had diabetes. And I think that's what he died from. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the mom was very like, Oh, you're allergic to everything. Cause she was so scared that the kid was would- gonna do it. Do
0: the same thing. You can't go out and hang out with these people because yeah. they're the devil. Yeah. And now your mom's dead. Like, oh, fuck.
1: Now what? <laughs> now what do I do? So now that he had the home well, all we're to, to himself. about to find out what he did. Yep. He had the home all to himself now. He left his mother's room like as it was, as she left it. So it looked like she was still living there. Mm. However, the rest of the house was a mess, <laughs> so I put pictures for just to see. Uh, you could tell that it's pretty gross. <laughs> he had trash everywhere, boxes, furniture, everything was covered in dust. He would only go out of the house when he needed to run errands or go drinking to the local tavern mm. so I can't help but think that this man must have smelt. <laughs> horribly he probably had some stanky bo yeah because like it said that he would mostly hang out in the kitchen because the rest of the house was so crowded like he would if he was here now he would be in an episode of hoarders for sure
0: oh man he'd be like the king (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) and then i guess like we'll we'll get there (laughs) so the owner of the local tavern that like everybody in this town went to it's a super small town Mm -hmm. like um there's stock footage because i did watch uh, Bailey Sarian video, which I told you about mm-hmm. her. She's a YouTuber. She's really good with all this. So I got some of the information from her video, but some stock footage from it, it showed the population of being like eight to 900 people. Oh, that's so
0: small. Yeah. So Everyone's everybody knows there. each other. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: huh. So the owner of the local tavern, her name's Mary Hog, or her name was Mary Hogan. Mm-hmm. She went missing one day and all that was left behind was a pool of blood. So... Like, they were kind of just hanging in the tavern, the locals and Ed, and he made a joke saying that she was staying the night as, at his house. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I like I mentioned, it's a small town. So again, everybody knew that Ed's like the weird guy. Yeah.
0: Ain't no way you're getting, what is it, Mary? Oh, yeah, Mary. Uh uh-huh. Ain't no <laughs> way you're getting Mary into Mary's pants. Mm-hmm.
1: But because of that pool of blood it's like it kind of made it a little more sinister like oh she's at my house like after she left blood behind. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like okay.
0: Ed. <laughs> yeah, that's it's too soon bro. Yeah, like
1: it's like okay, it's the weird guy but we don't think he'd ever do anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's what everybody was thinking. <sighs> So if I was in the tavern, though, and he made that joke, I'd be like, ha ha, and like, go out the door, <laughs> like, go to the police. Like, Hi. yeah, he said some weird stuff. <laughs> A while after this incident, Bernice Warden went missing in 1957, and she worked at the local hardware store. And her son decided to stop by one day after that he went deer hunting, but he didn't see her in there. And he thought it was weird because the doors were locked. Or weren't locked. I'm sorry. So they were open. Like anybody could walk in. And at that time, it's like when one person was in the shop because you didn't need anymore. Because obviously, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rush hours, like four people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "This is weird. Like all the doors are open." So while he was investigating, he did see that there was a trail of blood from the register to the exit door. And he also saw a receipt that was made out to Ed. Like, it was on one of those stacked ones, like, you know, that restaurants have. And his was the top one. So he's like, he must have been the last one because there's no other receipts mm. there. And, um, this fool was a sloppy fella. He, yeah, he was, like. Super sloppy. Mm-hmm, like, with, um, with Mary, spoiler alert, he did kill her. <laughs> he left behind the blood. And now he left behind blood again. So her son, obviously, <laughs> he went to the police and he told him about the receipt with Ed's name. And the police went to the store. They investigated and then they headed over to Ed's home to question him. When they got there, not only did they find Ed, but they also found the body of Bernice in a very graphic way. Ew. Yeah, I'm not going to be mentioning it because it's it's a lot. So if you're curious, just, I mean,
0: if you've seen look it up. Wait, have we gone that far yet? No. Never mind. If you've seen certain movies
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's very like mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Saw movies. Um oh my god, torture porn. It's very like you would see that in those kinds of movies.
0: I I have virgin eyes, Cecilia.
1: I don't believe that.
0: <laughs> but you know, I will say this. One of my favorite scenes in all the Saw movies was when they dump her into a pile of needles and she has to find oh. like And you just needles all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, people with money do that. Well, they pay to do that. (laughs) Like acupuncture.
1: (laughs) I think it's different when it's willingly. (laughs) And not filled with random dirty (laughs) needles. Anyway, (laughs) the officers were horrified at what they found. So they called for backup. And once more officers arrived, I believe it was like up to 10. Mm. They got to searching the rest of the house and the farm. What they found again, it was horrifying. So trigger warning. And also, if you're squeamish, just skip ahead. Mm. (laughs) They found a few human skulls throughout the house. And some had even been like sawed down. Oh, this is awkward. (laughs) so yeah picture that but with the top of it being sawed so that they could he could use it as like a bowl cut off like this yeah yeah i'm sorry the bottom of it so he would yeah it wasn't (laughs) confirmed if he was actually eating out of them but why else would you (laughs) (laughs) um he they also found a chair with skin sewed onto the seat it wasn't like it was only on where your butt goes, like nowhere else, which is a little weird. But um, I think something that a lot of people know about this case is the lampshades he made out of skin. I know in high school for my medical class, it was like during the psych- psychological text uh, chapter, <laughs> whatever. And one of the things was we had to do a presentation on a murderer, a serial killer. And I remember the girl who covered Ed Gein, she brought up the lampshades and everybody's like, well, we knew about it. But we didn't know it was from this. And some people thought, like, oh, I thought that was just from a movie. Like yeah. I never thought someone actually did that. And she's like, Nope, they did he
0: did it. Uh, where do you hello? <laughs> where do you think they got the inspo? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he had a box specifically to keep noses in. He made a pants belt out of nipples. That's disgusting. It is very. And he had faces of women hung up on the walls. And he said it's for decoration. That
0: was he was fulfilling like the Vogue. I don't it's know. Boge- <laughs> it's, it's boge- dream. Oh, which face
1: do I want today? I guess. There were other things as well. But again, it's very, uh, it's very gruesome. And I don't want to go that deep into it. And I don't want to ruin your guys' day. <laughs> <laughs> if it hasn't already. So the last thing that I'm going to mention that was found is he made a shirt. <laughs> quote, quote, a shirt made out of skin. And he even went as far as to put real breasts on them. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. He To match this shirt, he made leggings, gloves, and a corset from skin as well. And when he was asked about it later, he said that he would put this skin outfit, quotes mm. <laughs> to feel like a lady and to try to be his mother. Eventually, they did also find Mary's face there as well, the tavern owner. Mm-hmm. And he also did confess to killing her and Bernice as well um he he confessed to bernice's first and then it wasn't until a few years down the line like when he was already locked up that he's like yeah i was like killed married too and they're like yeah no shit her fucking no she shit. was in
0: there <laughs> oh my gosh um you know he he would have been an amazing Art yeah. designer, like pop a DIY master. guy, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, like that movie. What was a movie that they did? An alien movie called, like, The Thing, I think.
1: Yeah, with John Carpenter or it, John Carpenter Carpenters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they would, he would have been like excellent for um practical practical
1: effects but um nope (laughs) he decided to go elsewhere a whole different direction with that one yeah so that's two women that like they for sure knew that he killed but the police were thinking what we were all probably thinking Mm -hmm. well it takes more than two to get everything that was in the house considering there was just nine faces alone yeah so after Ed's mom died, he started making visits to the cemetery nearby his home, and he actually made a friend there who helped him dig up bodies of deceased women. So they were some body snatchers. The friend didn't participate in anything that Ed decided to do after he took them home. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't involved in like the skinning and all that the stuff. Weirdness. Yeah, he just and I'm using the word just very lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He was the one helping him dig up the bodies. But I don't think he ever got like caught or anything. Ed was just like, yeah, I know a guy who helped me out. (laughs) This goes back to when we joke around all the time. We're like, yeah, I got a guy. Everyone has a guy. (laughs) Yeah. So Ed said that the reason for going from body snatcher to murderer is that the skin of the deceased was too dry and it made him hard for him to sew them together. So he wanted something fresh. First world problem. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) He was eventually charged with one count of first-degree murder because, if you remember, he didn't confess confess to Mary's murder until later down the line. Mm-mm. But he did plead not guilty for reasons of insanity, and he was sent off to a state hospital for the criminally insane because he was unfit to stand trial. He ended up going to trial 10 years later, and he found... He was found guilty. This guy, though, I really do think that he was nuts. Yeah. Because even when the cops showed up, he was super calm about everything. Like, he wasn't freaking out like, oh, I was caught. Like, I think they asked because a body part was taken off of Bernice and they asked what he was planning to do with it. And he literally he was just like. I was thinking of hanging it up as like a decoration somewhere here on the wall. Oh, yeah. He was, he was nuts. Yeah. He was okay. Mm-hmm. So he was in a mental inst- institution for the rest of his life and was actually considered a model inmate. Like he never gave anyone problems after he got locked up.
0: Well, you know, when you take everything away from someone yeah. and give them padded walls.
1: <laughs> mm hmm. He ended up dying in the institution at the age of 78 and he was buried in Plainfield, which caused a lot of tourists to come by. And it's a small town. So everybody's like, we don't want to be remembered because of this guy.
0: Great. (laughs) We're those people. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, that's what it is. (laughs) So some people even like they visited his headstone and they're like, let's break pieces off of it. (laughs) And it's not like clear because you know how there's those weird Sick and twisted people who idolize killers and murderers. So, a lot of people thought that's why they were taking pieces of the headstone because they wanted a piece of him. And eventually, someone just took the whole freaking headstone. (laughs) They like took it all off. Yeah, and they found it in Seattle. (laughs) That's far. Yeah. (laughs) After this, they're like, he's not getting another headstone.
0: Also, our taxpayers' dollars don't need to go there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, he's buried. It's his brother him his mom and his dad and he's the only one without a headstone it's like a little gap there but uh, he's he's there a little patch of dirt <laughs> so that's the story of Ed Gein as I mentioned before many well-known horror characters are based off of him the three most well-known ones are Leatherface that one's pretty self-explanatory mm-hmm. you know he wears his literal face <laughs> um norman bates if you weren't aware he also has an inappropriate relationship with his mom and buffalo bill from silence of the lamb the skin suit those so, are all really
0: good those are yep. really good movies Yeah. Slash, i think some of them went on to well no norman bates got a show yeah bates
1: motel yeah mm-hmm. which psycho was. and bates motel yeah mm-hmm. so that all being said uh, we're gonna go to a bit of a more happy place, okay, yeah, <laughs> so we're gonna dive into how Halloween is celebrated now in other places outside of the u s
0: <laughs> indeed, we are um, we're not gonna go over a bunch of places no, we're just we picked each one and we're like how do you, how do you do <laughs> <laughs> well have you watched Coco, Cecilia? I have, multiple times. <laughs> this is all you gotta know about the de los Muertos in Mexico. All
1: right, that's it. Next time. That's
0: it. <laughs> did you sloppily cry too?
1: I did cry at the end,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then this is really all you need to know. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. But seriously, I wasn't initially going to pick Mexico for this segment. But after reading an article, I was intrigued. Uh, I was also like, oh, hints. Hmm. Hints, the outfit. So why not? I had it. What is it? I have it. I want it. I don't know what Ariana Grande Oh, I want it. I bought it. I have it. (laughs) I wore it. Anyway, this is more... Wow, I typed it in really fast. There is more. (laughs) There is more to Dia de los Muertos and face paint and sugar skulls. In Mexico, comma, (laughs) Day of the Dead, well, days, kinda. Multiple. Multiple uh, is celebrated to honor the lives of the ancestors uh, and to acknowledge the revolving cycle of life and death. So not necessarily... To be stereotyped as the Mexican version of Halloween. Yeah. It's a whole mm-hmm. different tang. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2008, the holiday was added to UNICEF's list of intangible cultural heritage as a defining aspect of Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. So it's official. <laughs> uh, they celebrate Halloween Western style, like most do, but in a way, the party just keeps going and uh, <laughs> the motivation behind the partying changes. Okay, Uh, This is probably the worst attempt at a comparison ever, (laughs) but I would say it's kind of like the hair on the dog. Hair of a Mm. dog. You know when you were out (laughs) drinking, and then the next day you feel like shit, Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, I guess I just need another shot or another bloody bloody Mary of what I had. So that's what it is. It's basically not necessarily getting messed up again, But getting a little bit of it, just so you can kind of heal. Hold yourself over. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of what that is. Like, we started on the Mm. 31st, and it's still going. (laughs) Dia de los Muertos, one of the world's most distinctive holidays, is the result of hundreds of years of blending between colonial and native cultures. The festival's roots stretch back nearly 3,000 years to the ancient traditions of Mexico and Central America's indigenous tribes, often grouped under the umbrella term Nahua, hmm. primarily the Aztecs, who saw death as an ever-present part of life. The Nahuas people believed that after death, a person had to make a journey of several years through nine arduous levels in the land of the dead to
1: reach Mictlan, the soul's final resting place Hmm. do you think maybe because you know how it's like the the rings or the layers of hell or something Mm -hmm. do you think maybe that's what it is like wherever Mm -hmm. you give up that's where you maybe (laughs) and
0: that's why you end up in where where where's that weird place
1: uh oh purgatory yeah
0: purgatory Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh look when i die i just want to be done bro (laughs)
1: like
0: Like, I have no desire to hike through several years and nine levels of land. I'm good. I already (laughs) live this life and hike through stuff. I'm done. Yep. Put a fork (laughs) in me. Uh, They originally celebrated in August, believe it or not. Hmm. They would leave their deceased offerings of tools, water, food, things to aid them in their otherworldly travels. Um, However... When Spanish conquistadores came to America in the 16th century, they brought Catholicism with them. And as you know, their iron will (laughs) in Europe, All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day were celebrated in the first two days of November, Mm -hmm. which is why it got changed from August to November. (laughs) It was believed that one of these days the dead would return to their family members, and the offerings were meant to help them feel welcome. Mm -hmm. So, when Catholicism was brought to Mexico, All Saints' and All Souls' days collided with the original Aztec holiday and Dia de los Muertos was officially born. Mm-hmm. Customs vary across the country, but court traditions remain the same wherever you go. People erect and uh, decorate ofrendas, altars, with pictures and mementos of loved ones. Papel picado, elaborately cut paper banners, are strung from ceilings. Participants often paint their faces to, to resemble skulls or dead versions of significant Mexican historical or cultural figures and um, best known is La Calavera Catrina, an artwork created by Jose Guadalupe Posada in the early 1900s, which is a folk icon, which is why you always see like a certain look. Mm hmm. It is a joyous holiday during those two days in November. It is believed that the borders between the spirit world and the living are at their weakest and the dead are able to return to drink and dance and feast and well, live it up, if you will, (laughs) with their relatives. Just kind of like when we do during the holidays with our families. Right. Mm -hmm. And I
1: mean, bringing back Coco, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because in the movie, they could only get out if they had a picture up. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. So put your pictures up, man. Put your pictures up, <laughs> man.
0: It's like a passport. <laughs> they just want to party one more time. Mm-hmm. And my brain was like thinking of that song, like one more Oh, time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since all the food and drink can't literally be enjoyed by... The departed, the living partake in the ceremonial foods while dressed in their elaborate costumes. So in Mexico, here are the most lit spots. Hey, hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Hanitizio? Oaxaca. <laughs> I know, I was waiting for you to be like, maybe. Anyway, Oaxaca, somehow I knew that one. Merida and Mexico City. Hmm. So in Hanizio. An- An- An-
1: i want to say jacinto but that's not right An- unless because i know that i don't know spanish is weird i know sometimes it looks like it'd be pronounced like a t Bro. but sometimes it's silent did
0: you have to take spanish in high school
1: i had a choice but i did take spanish okay i got like a b minus my first year, I got an A because mm-hmm. I was the only kid in there that actually spoke Spanish outside of the class. <laughs> and the teacher was, like, never there. It was always a sub. Mm-hmm. And we had one sub that was there for, like, months. His name... I remember his name. It's Mr... Was his name Louis? No. <laughs> it was Mr. Soto. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he would always, like, ask me... He's Because the class, it was a mess. Literally, people would not be paying attention at all. Like, it's one of your... The stereotypical ones in the movies. Mm-hmm. And then my second year, because you need to take two to graduate up mm-hmm. there. I'm pretty sure it's the same everywhere. But I had a teacher, which was interesting because she was white, but mm-hmm. she knew Spanish very well. And I, because <laughs> you know how it's different? Like when you grow up, it's like, it's a different type of Spanish mm-hmm. than what they teach you.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's,
1: it's.
0: I don't know. You learn very proper
1: In school.
0: But then... At home, it's like... It's
1: Spanglish. Yeah. It's Chicano. (laughs) So there will be times where I'm like, I say something and she's like, what is that? I'm like, is it not the same thing? She's like, no. (laughs) Why are you offended that I know Spanish slang, ma'am? Yeah. But yeah, that second year teacher, I didn't get along with her. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) Well... Anyway, <laughs> well,
0: no, I am reliving now. I used to sit next to two other Jessicas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'd be three of us in a little blob, a trio. <laughs> uh-huh. It was accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would yawn. And so then they would yawn. Yeah. And then it funny. was a yawning party in the back of the classroom. And they're like, Jessica, stop yawning. Mm-hmm. You're getting everyone to yawn. I'm Sorry, it's fucking second period. There, Yeah,
1: but there's a science behind that, though. Like, it's contagious. When yeah. you see someone and it's like, you you do it after.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wouldn't stop. In, <laughs> in Hanizio, thousands gather at the cemetery and watch indigenous people uh, Purpecha people perform live, perform lively Dia de los Muertos dances, and fishermen in rowboats illuminate the lake with torches. In Oaxaca it is known to have uh, mezcal distilleries, which mezcal, um, and well-preserved culture. From October thirty-first to November second, their largest graveyard, Panteón de San Miguel, is decorated with pan de muerto, marigolds, candles, and offerings. In Merida, Day of the Dead celebrations are known as Hanal Pixan. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Pihan, I would say Pihan, Hanal Pihan, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Or Feast for the Souls. Many, fam- I was going to say familias. I mean, it's it's right. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> uh, But my brain is having trouble going back. Switching back. For, back. <laughs> <clears throat> malfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Mayan region, prepare elaborate traditional dishes for... The return of their ancestors. And in Mexico City, it can go as long as a week. So they're, they're getting lit all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, performers dress as alebrijes, mythical creatures, or the Calavera Catrina. On the outskirts, they decorate the canals and chinampas, in which are floating gardens. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> and they also decorate the gondola boats. Mm-hmm.
1: So those it are. Sounds like, like a whole row in the in loteria. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. <is>. Like, when <laughs> if you play the yeah, because I I realize that not everybody does uh how my family does it. Mm. So it's we do two in one round. Mm. It's like if you get four like diagonal straight down whatever, or if you get the four corners, that's one, mm. and then the second one is the whole card. Oh, mm-hmm. you guys do both. We do two. So we start the first one. You just need four either diagonal straight down or whatever <laughs> or the four corners that's a you could win that win the money uh-huh. and then we go on from that we don't reshuffle the cards or anything we just continue We're and it's the next full card oh uh, that's cool mm-hmm. they take money they get as much money as they can
0: yeah <laughs> why don't we use money we use beans
1: oh we use beans for like placing it but everybody puts a quarter to play. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you know, that would have been perfect during COVID time, like heavier COVID time, mm-hmm. just because there were uh, quarter shortages. Oh, so right. Really mm-hmm. bad. And people were like, I
1: need quarters <laughs> to do laundry. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been the time. All righty then. Well, goodbye, Mexico. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, Switzerland. Mm. I was doing some digging trying to figure out what part of the world I wanted to do, and I found that Switzerland doesn't really get into Halloween. Mm. And if you've been listening to the show, you know that I do want to live there. <laughs> so it's a little heartbreaking wop, wop, that they don't wop, celebrate, wop. but they do participate in like the fashion and the decor. So like you'll be able to find the stuff in the shops, but celebrating it, they don't really care for it. Mm. This does make sense, though, since Halloween didn't really become popular in Switzerland until, like, when I was born, Mm. so 21, 22 years ago, (laughs) um, did they kind of look at it as why do we need Halloween if we already have so many mass carnival festivals like we don't need another one <laughs> which I mean, is pretty it's pretty cool okay. but like there's always room for more
0: you know this makes me think I've never been to one of those masquerade parties where people are like wearing
1: oh okay I don't think I have either I think I've like like Halloween parties and some people dress up as mm-hmm. it but not a full on masquerade party hmm, should did. we throw a toxic we sips Lunch party. <laughs> One of these festivals is Fashna, which is a carnival full of people in costumes, bands playing music, food, drinks, and just fun activities all around. According to an old Germanic sacrificial practice, during Fashnat, you should drive away demons and celebrate the end of winter. All of this is very similar, like traditions-wise and the reasons for it. It's all pretty similar all around the world. Yeah. So, this actually isn't celebrated in October, though, but it could be celebrated as early as November or as late as February. It really just depends on which area of Switzerland you're in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, they're they're just doing their own thing over there.
0: <laughs> you can go on a tour between November and February partying.
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially. The customs and traditions that happen in the festival also vary from region to region, Similarly to Halloween, the nights between winter and spring are a time when evil spirits roam around. It's mm. when that veil gets a little, like, not close, bigger. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the period also welcomes a new life and an awakening of nature. It's all about saying goodbye to winter and saying hi to spring. But that's interesting that some people start in November. Right. <laughs> in addition, just before the period of fasting or more religious folks call it Lent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When that begins, people use up the remaining remaining, remaining <laughs> winter stores okay, and having make them. Make a joke. Mm-hmm. And hipsters call it intermittent fasting. Now. Oh, intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah, they use up the remaining winter stores and have themselves a feast. Kind of like Sewin, if you remember from the first episode. Mm-hmm. The types of costumes that you see in the festival are more scary and focused on the supernatural compared to, like, costumes you see here in the U.S., like adults some of the popular ones are the nurses the cops swat team whatever like that kind of just they do with actual occupations yeah but over there they're wearing like demons witches gestures animals and other supernatural beings furries furries <laughs> they never said what kind of animals. Hey. <laughs> carnival participants walk through the streets with beautifully colored lanterns and while big bands Or Guggen, which is a Norwegian musician, they play out-of-tune music, which is interesting. The louder, the better, they say. All right. All right. (laughs) They do use pumpkins in some regions, and they put a candle in them like we do here. They either use a pumpkin or a lantern, and the light is said to chase away dark spirits. Mm. So the Swiss also love their candy. And when I visited, I tried some of their chocolate, and it was very delicious Delicious.
0: they take care
1: of their cows there Mm. (laughs) um packed neatly in colorful wrappers you can give away chewy candy chocolate sticks branches malt napolitan napolitans uh where was it you said napoleon yeah (laughs) but now Uh, i see a t neapolitan a Uh neapolitan i don't think it's like (laughs) it's napolitans what is it (laughs) monopolitan whatever that is natural (laughs) hazelnut chocolates chocolate ladybugs and other melting swiss specialties so cheese and chocolate is what they're known for (laughs) Mm.
0: but also i think at that time frame because it's cold it's comforting and it mm -hmm. won't melt Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. so that's just one of the festivals they celebrate as they said they have plenty of them going on all year round Mm -hmm. so i even think they have some going on during October where they're like, Yeah, but it's not Halloween. Yeah. Like, it's not Halloween focused. But the rest, they're all kind of similar with their own traditions. Of course, they're not all the same. But if I explained them all, we'd be here for hours.
0: And I think our time is up.
1: Yep. So, <laughs> moving on to our horror movie trivia question for today In Scream, what is rule number one on Randy's list of rules for surviving a horror movie? Do I
0: answer this this time?
1: I don't know. No, right? Because I'll give I think, it away. Yeah, well, on the next one, in okay. the beginning of the episode, we'll answer. Well, all right. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us on Toxic Sips. Again, we're not experts on anything we said. So all of the links that we got our information from will be in the description through our website. And if you would like to follow our podcast on any social media, basically, it's at and Sips, Not Toxic Sips, at Talks and Sips. Mm. <laughs> And for our personal accounts, mine is at sessi.nc. So.
0: Mine is at jfox with two Xs and two underscores.
1: You had like a crash or something behind you when you said that. I know, it's like,
0: Xs, and yeah.
1: underscores. <laughs> it's like those commercials where they're yelling and it's just a bunch of stuff it's going explosions on. Explosions in the back yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, mm-hmm. oh wait, sorry,
0: microphone that doesn't like Bs and Ps. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: before we go... <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh what you sipping and what are you sipping out of and what's happening
1: well let me put let me let me put this back together oh yeah there's a thing mm-hmm. this is a cute witch's cup oh yeah so it has the witch's legs sticking out under it's a little polka dot and then it has if you hear all that clinging uh-huh <laughs> and well, more clinging oh my goodness it's a witch's hat that goes on top to cover it Oh cute. Protect also... your drinks
0: from flies.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then Matt also got me these spoons, these little skull spoons. Very so I used cool. To mix it up, yeah. Next up is the pumpkin spoons. But
0: You know, have you seen the ones the black ones that I have?
1: I don't think I've seen the ones you have. I sent oh, you a picture
0: of it yesterday when I was like, inspo. And it was oh, like, the,
1: it's the pumpkin ones, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I want those next. They're mm-hmm. freaking cool. And I am drinking a pumpkin spiced coffee. Mm-hmm. I was my barista again today. Oh, and I'm yay. getting better each time. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's it's a mix
0: because they're not just doing pumpkin they're doing like something with vanilla yeah and uh-huh. some other
1: shit mm-hmm. so i'm like let me take it into my own hands so, obviously i'm still gonna go buy it but potion yeah so it's really good today yeah it's super cute yeah. what about you
0: um i am having a pumpkin cream cold brew out of the exact same cup that you gifted me from a birthday did. it's
1: just inverted colors it Just inverted colors it has the same but the mug itself oh the hat is totally the same yeah The mug, the handle, yours is white and black, Mm -hmm. mine's orange and black. Yeah. And then the, what would this be called? The actual mug? Yeah, the mug portion,
0: so yours is white with black dots Mm -hmm. and then mine is orange with white dots. Mm -hmm. What do Are the legs the same? The legs? Oh, no, they're different. No, yeah. Wow, that's attention to detail, guys. (laughs) This is why they get paid the The semi-big bucks. bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Also, their little boots. Yeah, Isn't that cool. <laughs> anyway, well, if you guys are just listening to the podcast, you guys should definitely watch it on YouTube yeah. because we have a bunch of cool decorations all around us mm-hmm. that we purchase. So it would look rad with what we're talking about. Yep. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this uh, po- and it has like foam. It's really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know usually I, I try to do not too much sugar in my coffees and stuff mm-hmm. but when it's psl season oh, baby yeah.
1: that goes out the window out the window <laughs> just get rid of the
0: whole window give me all the sugar all the sugar <laughs> i know yesterday they're like yesterday it was like oh do you want anything else to drink
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: outside of a vodka tonic i'm like no mm-hmm. sugar man <laughs> right now i can only make room for the pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> give me the water and the water and the water <laughs>
1: All right anyway. then.
0: Okay guys. <laughs> well thank you guys so much for joining us today on Toxic Sips and bye bye. We'll see you on the next one.